0: Hey, to all the real estate professionals out there, I want to let you know The Buyer's Mind is sponsored by HomeBridge Financial. HomeBridge loan officers are experts in new home financing, and they bring sales ideas and strategies and market intelligence and programs that will help sell homes. To learn more about that, go to builder.homebridge.com. HomeBridge Financial, home financing made easy. Today on The Buyer's Mind, protecting your mindset. Stay tuned. Welcome to The Buyer's Mind, where we take a closer look deep inside your customer's decision-making mechanism to reverse engineer the perfect sales presentation now please welcome your host jeff shaw well welcome everyone to another edition of the buyer's mind a very special edition now for those of you who are listening as you always do thank you so much we appreciate your faithful listenership and the fact that uh, so many people are posting about the podcast and sharing it with other people i'm jeff Shore, the host of the buyer's mind podcast and we are joined today on a very special episode by three of my favorite people in the world. These are all uh, certified trainers at Shore Consulting. That would include uh, Amy O'Connor. Say hi, Amy. Hi, Amy. That would include Ryan Taft. Hello, hello. Hey, And that would include Michelle Bendeen. Hi there. All right, so we're all here. And I wanted to just be able to bring us all together really just to sort of remove the fourth wall, if you will, and give the opportunity for us to just chat about what's been going on in our world. Now, at the time of this recording, we are still in the absolute height of uh, sheltering in place because of the uh, coronavirus, and we're certainly doing our part at Shore Consulting. All the people uh, that you're hearing from on this episode or seeing on the screen, we are all uh, travelers. That's what we do. That's where we make our living on the road. And now all of us are trying to adjust to this reality of uh, working from home and not being on airplanes. And we can't yet decide whether that's good or bad. We're, we'll get back to you on uh, all of that. It's a, it's a change for sure. Uh, so uh, I'm going to just I'm going to just ask each of our trainers to chime in on this. Uh, A, how are you holding up? And then B, uh, for those people who may not know us all that well, tell us one thing about you that uh, most people probably don't know. Amy, you want to go first?
1: uh yeah absolutely thanks uh holding up well um you know i'm lucky enough to uh, be on 12 acres so we can get out and lots of social distancing when you have 12 acres so we can still get out and do some stuff and the weather's uh, nice here in virginia so all is well um something that most people don't know about me is that i once rode an elephant in the circus <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that about yeah. you. <laughs>
2: I didn't know that either.
0: Wow. Yeah. we are going to hear something about your, you know, University of Georgia roots or something. <laughs> Is there more to this story?
1: Uh, Well, my grandfather was a clown in the Shriner Circus. And so when I was little, we had tickets to go and I was up in the stands and he was the clown in the show and he came up into the stands and got me and took me back down and put me on the elephant and I got to ride around the circus ring on the elephant.
0: There you go. All right. Uh, Ryan and Michelle, you will have much to live up to right now. Uh, Ryan tapped, how are you holding up? And tell us one thing about yourself that most people are not likely to know.
2: I was holding up just fine until the whole <laughs> elephant thing with Amy. I don't even know what to do with that. Um, <laughs> goodness. You know, we're, we're holding up just fine. Uh, my wife, Melissa, works from home, as, as you all know. And, uh, so she's kind of used to this whole deal. I think, uh, I think the true test is when I will have been home for 30 straight days. We'll see how we're holding up. She might be like, why are you still here? I don't know. Yes, no, right. you know, we're, we're great all as well. You know, we, we tend to see ourselves as a bit of the calm in the storm. And so, you know, we're, it's hard for us not to hug people and all that. That's kind of awkward, but, um, but yeah no we're we're holding up just great, just being a, being the shining light for people out there and saying hey we're we'll get through it and uh, let's look for what's right and not what's wrong so that's that as far as what people don't know, gosh, I could pick so many different things. Um, one is that I was uh, in high school and in college, I was a volleyball player. Now, for those of you who are watching this and uh, you don't have any comparison, you'll see Jeff's laughing a little bit, rightfully so, because I am a whopping five foot four. So I played against, you know, guys that were six foot six, you know, six foot eight, et cetera, but I could jump like crazy. So I played in the college, I played for the U of A briefly, uh, University of Arizona. And uh, outside of that, uh, yeah, I was, I was the, uh, the noticeable one on the court there
0: there you go love it love it love it that's a great one all right so we heard from amy chiming in from virginia we heard from ryan chiming in from arizona now let's go to the upper midwest from illinois and say hi to michelle Bendine. michelle
3: hello yes uh well i am holding up uh extremely well i like to think um i am accomplishing more i'm up- checking off the honey do list items, uh, constantly and which I am loving. Um, so, uh, you know, a lot of evening hours uh, spent, uh, doing honey do things. Uh, Um, but yeah, remarkably well, I I certainly miss the travel. I certainly miss the, uh, in-person contact, uh, with, with our clients, but, um, but I, yeah, but I'm doing well. And, uh, you know, those are hard things to beat, um, you know. So I was going to say that uh, you know something really boring about what people don't know about me, but now I started to think, well, what what can I talk about? What can I talk about? Um, my first job was uh, I played the part of a Twinkie, so that that I think is pretty unique. Um, so yeah, um, so uh, I dressed up and I was a unisex um, Twinkie, so. Nobody knows that. For what,
2: for what purpose? <laughs> I, exactly. For what purpose? Exactly my thought.
3: Right? Yeah. So I was hired by a uh, gas station to go out in front of their gas station, dressed in a Twinkie with a big cowboy hat, and um, try to get people to come inside and buy hostess. So there you That's go.
2: That's awesome. <laughs> okay. For That's our great. next for our next summit, can we please, please, please get that yeah. to happen? Sure. I no. second. <laughs> a second.
3: That was a long time ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That is great. Hey, let's uh let's dive in here to uh chat a little bit about what's going on in the world right now and I want to we're going to address a few different things on our time together. We're going to start by talking about what people are going through as they're making purchase decisions, regardless of what they're thinking about buying, people are still thinking about buying things, but yet if you're a consumer and uh, you want to buy something, it's suddenly the, the the rules change literally overnight, right? Everything changed in no time at all. So suddenly we're in this place where we don't have the option of going into the stores or car dealerships. We can't visit an open house mm-hmm. and yet we still have a need And I want to talk about that driving force that we at Shore Consulting often call current dissatisfaction and why it still serves as a powerful motivator, even though the process of purchasing has changed dramatically. Amy, can you get us started on that conversation?
1: Yeah, this is my favorite one to talk about. Um, and, it, and it certainly is a very powerful motivator. We know that fundamentally, people will always be more motivated to get away from pain than move towards pleasure. And what's interesting right now is when you've taken away the accessibility of pleasure, meaning, you know what, I don't really like these sheets on my bed, I'm just going to run to the Target and get another set, or I don't really like this shirt that I'm going to wear for the podcast, you know what, let me just run out and go get another one when that option for fulfilling that has gone away, it, I think what we're seeing is an actual increase in dissatisfaction because when you're stuck with it and you really don't have a choice, somehow that makes it even worse. So if you didn't like it before and you're stuck with it now, right? Boy, it's not looking so good.
0: Yeah. It's a really good point that time has a way of not curing dissatisfaction, but in fact, intensifying dissatisfaction and we've got more time to think about it. That's, that's really interesting. Ryan, Michelle, anything to add to that?
2: I'll jump in on this one. I, I, you know, it's interesting because uh, for a while where you've seen people try and sell with the features and benefits to say, here's what we have and here's how great it is. And here's, you know, it's wonderful, whatever the product may be. The reality is, is that there's two types of urgency. There's this circumstantial urgency that says you should buy now because of the circumstance, whether it be a low interest rate or a sale or a specific offering. But then there's that personal urgency that says, it doesn't matter what's going on with all of that. I I need to make a change because I have something I need to change. My car broke down. It doesn't matter what the sale is. That's not what's driving me there. It's my car broke down. I need a new car, right? Or uh, Mm -hmm. I, I need to move. There was, we got married. We, there was a divorce. There was a, there was a personal reason. And what I've been telling people for years in regards to this is that your, your personal urgency, a buyer's personal urgency is true in any market where circumstantial urgency usually works very well in a very specific market. Right now, personal urgency trumps circumstantial.
0: hmm Right. Okay. Michelle?
3: Yeah. And so many people staying at home, right? They're at home in, in the place where that dissatisfaction lies and they can't get away from it. And so that dissatisfaction is just going to continue to grow and grow and, and you know, talking to some, some clients and making joke of, well, gee, nine months from now, uh, there's going to be some life events happening um, and people coming to our, our sales centers uh, with new dissatisfaction, new urgency, uh, because maybe some babies being born, maybe some some conscious uncoupling, Uh, so a variety of different things that are going to raise that that dissatisfaction even greater.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, On the flip side of the current dissatisfaction, we have what we talk about, uh, future promise, uh, the idea of what we want our life to look like one day when our problem is solved along those lines. So Ryan, I'm just going to throw it over to you and ask, how have the the current conditions changed the way that customers perceive what they are getting in the first place? If they can't, if they can't test drive the car or swing the golf club or walk through the home or whatever, try on the shirt, whatever it is, how has this changed the way that customers perceive what they are getting?
2: Well, I think something has to do with uh, it's twofold. One is appreciation and the other one is imagination. So you know, I I don't know if you've ever had this happen. And Jeff, you've actually used this example, but you know, you ever, you ever been really hungry. You go to the refrigerator, you look, there's nothing really that's kind of exciting you. So you leave, you come back an hour later, you lower your standards a little bit, you know, and then you end up like, being like, well, I could cut the mold off of that. And you know, you you, kind of compromise (laughs) a little bit. Well, I think right now there's some people that have been so used to, as Amy was talking about being able to run out and go get the thing, the thing, the thing, that there's more of an appreciation for the future promise of what, what, wh- how to improve their life, what that vision looks like, and so that's one aspect of it. And then uh, the other side of this, when we look at at future promise, is I don't think people are going to be as uh, as picky, if you will, in regards to. I have to have this. I think there's going to be a little bit more compromise. There's stories of people who've improved their golf game by imagining that golf game to get better. And so I think there's mm-hmm. people right now imagining their future promise. So maybe they can't go swing the golf club, but they're envisioning it. So I think that future right. promise is getting even, even higher, even in absence of being able to tangibly experience those things.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Michelle, Amy, anything to add to that?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think that you're going to see a couple interesting things happen. I think people are going to have some time to curate their future promise, uh, a little more time at home, a little bit more time browsing around and getting some clarity on what they do or do not want. And you're going to see a lot of people be eliminated that way. So when a customer shows up, when they are finally released back into the wild and they, uh, they show up at you, it means you have already made the cut because they've been able to spend some time and get really clear on what it is they want. And then I think it's going to be really important for salespeople to ask the right questions, to have a deeper level understanding of that future promise, because if the buyer has been curating it and thinking about it for this long, then they really have a lot of good information to share with us that we're going to need to find out about.
0: It's a really good point. You know, I'm, one of the interesting things that we're seeing right now is that when you track not just how people shop online, but when they shop online. And in a typical week, when we're not sheltered in place and working from home all of a sudden, like we're not, many of us are not used to, then what happens? We see surges of shopping that take place on the weekends in the evenings and at lunchtime. And especially those lunchtime surges, they're on the the smartphone, right? So people are in the break room and they're searching for whatever it is that they want. Well, now what we're seeing is that the people who study these things, the marketing experts, the, the searches have flattened out all throughout the week, and they're not on the cell phone, they're on the laptop or the desktop. So, people who are working, and if you're just listening and not watching this episode, you missed those uh, air quotes right there. <laughs> people who are working from home are suddenly uh, spreading out their search all throughout the course of the week. uh, But there's no question about it. There's, they've got more time. They've got more intense focus on what they're going to be searching for. And so by the time they get to you, they've already eliminated so many options. Uh, Michelle, let me turn it over to you on this. Um, I want to talk specifically about sales attitudes because salespeople are, are really having to scramble to redefine the way they do business. We've, again, we've literally change the rules overnight. And what we end up with is a fairly significant pattern interruption uh, in their lives. So what are you seeing? You've already been talking to a lot of salespeople through virtual training uh, sales. Now we've been doing virtual training for a long time. Suddenly it's in very, very high demand. But even in in, uh, your virtual training sessions, uh, what are you seeing from sales professionals? How are they handling all of the upheaval?
3: Yeah. So great question. You know, it it really is, it's a mindset check every day. And so when they they come in, it's making that conscious choice to be very positive, to be very focused and and very diligent and and focused on their goals. I think it's really easy uh, at a time like this to become very complacent, um, to somewhat disengage. Uh, so I think it's a real conscious decision that everyone needs to make on a daily basis, um, to Mm -hmm. be positive and confident.
2: Amy and Ryan. Uh, I'll I'll dive in. Uh, you know, I think you got a mixed bag here of people who, you know, there's this saying that says how you do anything is how you do everything. And if you tend to look at challenges as though you're, you're victimized, then you're probably waiting for things to get better, hoping that business comes to you. But then there's another set of folks who are more of those those folks who are go getters. I was joking with my wife. I, don't know, I was saying to my my stepdaughter Ashley, you know her. Uh, I said, "Yeah, your your mom married a go getter. I go get her her coffee. I go get her her her, her, her whatever she needs, right." But, um, but this go-getter mentality or this victor mentality versus victim says, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity to stand out. It's a reset. How do, we, how do we go further, faster, better? They're putting time into it. You know, you're either, if you're at home, you're either watching Netflix and eating ice cream or you're reading books and you're working out. And, and so there's a mixed bag on these. And I think how you live your life probably uh, shows up in these moments of, uh, of, of testing, if you will
0: it's really interesting because one of the things that I'm asking myself here, and it's just a habit I've been into for actually quite some time, is when I go through a time of of trial or stress or change or whatever it is, what am I learning and observing about myself? Because, you know, someone once said that experience is the hardest teacher because you get the test first and the lesson later, right? And so often as we'll look at it, we'll say after the fact, what did we learn? But I really like to ask the question, well, what am I learning In real time, what does that look like? And uh, I, I know for me, and I recorded this, this was on last week's podcast. I recorded just some of my journey in having moved away from my time of solitude and digital detox. And suddenly, you know, when, when everything went nuts, I felt, well, I'm out of control right now. How do I get control? I know I'll look for more news. And then all that did was spun me into a negative zone. So I've had to learn this about myself, that my time of solitude, my time of stepping away from all of the density of noise right now is far more critical than any other time. And let me just pause here real quick for a quick word about our sponsor, Novi Home. Well, this podcast is sponsored by Novi Home. Novi Home is a digital sales and marketing tool that gives your new home sales team everything they need for powerful follow-up. In our changing environment, Novi Home allows you to engage buyers when you're not face-to-face. Novi Home offers your buyers a phenomenal digital buying experience that is personalized for your company. Novi Home also takes all of your marketing materials and plugs it into your branded builder app. NoviHome's analytics give your sales team real-time insight into which leads are engaging and exactly what they are looking at, which enables powerful follow-up. Visit NoviHome.com to schedule a demonstration today. That's NoviHome.com. Listeners of this podcast will save 10% on the monthly service. All right, back into our topic now. Uh, for the three of you, what are you learning that's interesting and what insights do you have Uh, about human behavior, changes in thinking, pattern interruptions, et cetera. Amy, you want to take a stab at that?
1: Uh, I can tell you I'm not great with pattern interruptions. Uh, this is, this has been challenging. I mean, I have young kids at home and I have learned that I am not gifted enough to be a public school teacher. Uh, although right, the (laughs) curriculum has been thrust upon me. So I'm supposed to, you know, keep up with the, uh, the work over here and and the work that we're doing with our clients and be a public school teacher and plant my victory garden and, you know, take care of the donkeys. And, uh, yeah, so what I have learned is that I think sometimes too much is too much. And, you know, I love the Stephen Covey quote and it's my mantra right now is the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main right. thing, right? And so for me, I know that if I start to think about all the stuff that's going on around me, I will very quickly get overwhelmed. I need to just focus on what am I doing right now?
0: Michelle? Michelle?
3: Yeah. So, um, well, for me, I, I, you know, I don't know if you've heard of the the freshman 15. Um, mm-hmm. I, I need to be aware of the COVID-19, um, because yeah. I'm thinking, you know, when I'm putting in, in my mouth, uh, also it, it feeds my body, but also feeds my brain. And if mm-hmm. I'm just loading, uh, my body with junk, um, I'm going to feel really crappy. And so yeah. this is a time really to, to take care of ourselves, um, mentally, physically, um, you know, exercise exercising and eating good food, meditating, whatever the case may be, uh, just to make sure that we're always in the best frame of mind.
2: Ryan, I I think in my history, I would have a, um, a pattern of being worried or freaking out over something like this. I mean, even going back to 2008, you know, just having this kind of stress and oh my gosh. And this time around when I'm learning about myself is I've, I've changed quite a bit on that. I, um, I got a phone call even recently from somebody that said, thank you for being like, not a freak out person. And I was like, I'm not a freak out person. This is great. And, um, and and it's really true. And I I have to, you know, just basically say, yay, thank you to my wife. And a a lot of that has to do with just maturity and some spiritual stuff for me where I'm, I I just feel like everything is going to work out. And it's going to work out fine. And I, I just, doesn't make sense to me to freak out. So that's, that's what I've learned about myself as I've changed
0: there. There you go. Love it. Well, speaking of freaking out, I'll throw one other thing out. I was just listening this weekend to uh, it was a free economics podcast, but it aired back in December. So it had nothing to do with what we're going through right now, but the guest was a professor from USC. Unfortunately I don't remember her name, but she was talking about habits and she was talking specifically about how changes in our life uh, that we did not expect have an interesting tendency to serve as what she called habit discontinuity. We think of habits and we think, okay, well, flossing my teeth is a habit or, you know, wash my hands as a habit or, you know, whatever it is. But those things that you regularly do can all be described as habits. So I'm looking at myself, for example, and I'm not going to lie. I miss playing hockey. I really do. I miss playing hockey. My my wife and I, our guilty pleasure is weed out uh, quite a bit, right? That's where the budget gets blown on eating out. I miss hanging out at my church with my, with my friends there. These are all not just things that I do. These are habits in my life that have all been ceased. So when suddenly you're cut off from your habit, you feel a little bit at odds. I mean, imagine if, if you are like an habitual, avid, freaky flosser, you have to floss. And then suddenly it wasn't the great toilet paper shortage. It was the great flossing shortage. It would really throw you, right? It would really take you off your game. So even for me, not playing hockey, you know, not eating out, these are things where I would normally look at it and go, well, okay, stay at home. I'm an introvert. I've been training all my life for this. This isn't that hard. But when I take out away those things that are otherwise big patterns in my life, and I don't replace them with new and good choice patterns, then I will naturally default into the negative patterns. And that's what Michelle was just talking about, right? In regards to what she takes into her body, into her mind, what does that look like? And so how do I make sure that I'm replacing habits that I can no longer take part in with better habits? Lo and behold, I've started running again. I don't really like running but I've enjoyed it for the last week because it's something that gets me out of the house it gets me physically uh, working I get I work up a good sweat I feel better about that and I'm actually thinking about starting up piano lessons again I had stopped them because I was traveling so much and now I'm not so there there's this question here about what we can do to identify the habits in our life that have gone askew and how do we replace them with new habits? I'll just open it up to any of the three of you to, to chat about that. I
2: I'm, I'm absolutely on board with what you're talking about. You know, you got to fill the time doing something. And I kind of referenced mm-hmm. this just a minute ago with, you can choose to do, the, you know, you're going to spend your time one way or the other. And, um, yeah. and for me, the, the, the learning aspect, you know, I'm, I've, I've read more books, <laughs> in this year, I'd already, you know, Jeff, you and I have these conversations, what books are you going to read this year? I'm going to read these. I, I, I'm already flying through books like absolutely crazy. And so um, mm-hmm. I'm spending a lot of that time really focusing on how do I, how do I improve in different areas? So that's yep. one of those, one of those areas, but but I, I'm tracking with you, you know, the good news for, um, for me is, uh, you know, the the upside again, looking at this for me is, more time with the family right that's the, right. The, that's the, that's the bonus so uh, you know i'm actually not even watching as many movies as i thought i'd be watching you guys would those yeah. who know me you think i'd be watching i'm not, we're, we haven't watched any movies to be honest it's, yeah. it's we've been talking more so it's everyone in our right. neighborhood's actually out walking around with their families it's like all of a sudden everyone was like oh my gosh there's a world out here it's kind of crazy yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> amy and michelle
1: well, you know, I have to realize that I have to not only focus on my own habits, but that I am responsible for cultivating the habits of others. I mean, again, I have littles, my uh, my son is 10 and my daughter is 11. And now that school has been completely canceled, their habits are all gone as well. And, and if I don't help guide them, I, I, I notice really clearly, if I leave them to their own, their devices, right, all day long, they're in their iPads or they're or watching YouTube videos, whatever they're doing doing and so in providing structure for them also challenges provide structure for myself because they're looking to me right what are are mommy's habits going to be now that she's home and they're gonna they're gonna emulate those patterns and so for me it's almost like i'm on the hook i couldn't have bad patterns even if i wanted them because i got other people who are going to copy those so you know i got a lot of this happening
0: yeah, it, but it's a responsibility, but also a blessing because it, it keeps you honest, right? You you can look at it and say, "How does my modeling affect the people around me?" And that's one of the messages that uh, I know all four of us on this call right now have been talking about with leaders is to say, you know, I I I put this out in a five minute sales training a couple of weeks ago. You know, for all of us who travel, when the plane gets bumpy, we look at the flight attendant or we wait for the pilot to come on. And if they're freaked out, I'm freaked out. But if they're calm, we're calm. And that's what happens. We look for our leaders, whether that leader is a parent or a manager, or if you're a customer, a salesperson, you are now the leader. What does that look like, Michelle?
3: Yeah, I, you know, I think for the habits that we can maintain, it's reminding ourselves to do how, like we know how, um, whether and do it whether we feel like it or not, right? So sometimes um, it gets that mental mind check again, uh, you know, do, do those good habits, um, whether we feel like it or not. I think consistency yeah. is key.
0: I love it. it is, I was going to ask for one piece of parting advice. Is that your piece of parting advice? Yeah, I think so. I, I think like it. So. I like it. That's, that's a winner right there. Ryan, one piece of advice for sales professionals everywhere.
2: Um, You know, I would say when you're gosh, one, how do you narrow this down to one? Um, My thing would be this is that again, just like you use that, that flight attendant analogy is we need to be the calm in the storm. And I would encourage people to think about how people buy anything. We referenced really a couple of pieces of us where we talked about dissatisfaction, and future promise. And those are two sides of the emotions that drive buying behaviors, but there's a really other heavy side to this, which is the what's holding people back from buying or, or, or continuing to buy. And that is cost plus fear. And there's so much focus on that in our media and in conversations and on Facebook and all this, that my piece of advice would be, to rebalance that formula and remind people of why they were looking to make this personal change to begin with, whether it was buying a car or a home or whatever it is that, um, that they, they touch back on the emotion. Cause we buy out of emotion, but we buy on the emotion of what's wrong with where we're coming from and how our life needs to improve. And if we focus too mm-hmm. much on the fear, nothing happens. Thank you,
0: Amy. Amy.
1: Uh, yeah, I think that I would just encourage everyone to take a look at your mindset, but maybe from a slightly different perspective, you know, I'm going to borrow some content here from Carol Dweck, who says, you know, there's two types of mindsets. You got a fixed mindset or you have a growth mindset. And right now for us in sales, our position is changing. I mean, I know we're talking to sales professionals every day and they're saying, how do I do this? How do I go into now a complete virtual selling environment? And we have some salespeople that quite frankly, they're not going to pivot. They're not going to make the change. They're not going to make the adjustment because they're in that fixed mindset that says, I can't do it. But the growth mindset that says, I can't do it yet. And that's, that's the key, right? It is yet. I know I can do it. I will figure it out and it's being forced upon us. So you kind of don't have a choice, but you know, I would just encourage you to, to adopt that growth mindset as the world and our positions within it
2: change. Oh, Jeff, if I I can throw one, one, one thing, I forgot to mention this and I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, go Ryan. One piece of advice for salespeople. If you're doing virtual appointments, please make sure your camera is facing you and not your feet. That doesn't have any (laughs) shoes on your couch. Can I just throw that? I just want to throw that out there. This actually just happened. Uh, Customers don't want to see your toenails. I'm just saying. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, (laughs) you're welcome.
0: (laughs) Really profound. Uh, yeah. uh, one last piece of advice I would give, boy, it is absolutely time to double down on the gratitude. There's no question about it. And when we look at where we are, it, you know, the, yes, we're inconvenienced. There's no question about it. I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm not can, trying to suggest that this isn't a difficult trial. For literally every, literally everybody in the world right now. But man, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, if you're if you're able to listen to this or watch this right now, you are already one step of the game over much of the world. This is a global issue, and there are people out there that are going to struggle uh, mightily. And you know, I was just watching this vid- video about people in India uh, who were in a big city trying to hoard onto buses because there are are no jobs. The city's on lockdown and they're trying to get back to their villages. And if you're old and poor in India, you got a real rough stretch ahead of you. And so when I just look at this, this is a global issue that we are all going through. And it is absolutely time to share the appreciation, uh, to hug your families. I'm suddenly getting right back into the habit of uh, handwritten notes that are going out every single day. And, uh, you know, just doing what we can do to make sure that we're expressing our gratitude uh, for the, the people in our life for how well we have it. It's time to double down on gratitude. All right, there you have it. Remember, too, that uh, for just a limited time, if you're listening to this right now, just for the next couple of weeks, our online courses, we've dropped them to $49, and 100% of the proceeds goes to the Gathering Inn, an organization that helps transitional homeless to to get off the streets and uh, into a home of their own. So uh, you can go to JeffShore.com to learn more about that. Thanks, as always, for being a part of the buyer's mind journey. And until next time, go out there and change someone's world. We'll i right